What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? This is Switch Up Sports back again with the podcast. We are finally back. Um, I know it has been a while. We've been doing live shows. If you've been staying up to date, you know we've been going live on Instagram and YouTube on Wednesday and Saturday evenings. But we are now back. Due to NFL football, there is just too much to talk about. There is too much of a... Um, I guess included storyline recaps news. I can't just do two shows, so we're now breaking it up. Um, we are doing an overreaction Monday. We're gonna have a still normal Wednesday show. It's gonna be a Friday college football and Saturday just to run through picks. So we're now up to four shows. Um, still gonna be having now more podcasts now with the chance to actually do it. And you already know. If you're listening, you got to go ahead and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Switch Up Sports, as well as give us a like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, and YouTube. So, as we get started off on this overreaction Monday based off of week three in the NFL, we're just going to go ahead and start it based off of that Sunday night game with the Packers beating the Saints. The Saints now move to one and two. So in terms of the Saints overreaction, the Saints are not going to make the playoffs. Um, this is, again, to not be an overreaction. I see the Saints having a very, very, very tough time making the playoffs due to we understand that there is now a seventh playoff spot open for a third wild card. But here's the biggest thing. They have to win the division to make the playoffs. And as of right now, I do not see them being better than the Bucs. The Bucs played absolutely phenomenal yesterday against the Broncos. Yes, the Saints did have to, you know, they did beat the Bucs, but then they played terrible week two um, in a loss to the Raiders. And then they did not play great last night. They're still not able to move the ball down the field. Drew Brees is still struggling in terms of not having Michael Thomas. He keeps going to Alvin Kamara. That's his go-to guy. He did finally have a connection to Emmanuel Sanders yesterday for a touchdown. I think that has a chance to get them jump-started, but the issue is I don't see them being able to beat um, very good teams, and with that, I don't see them winning the division. I see the Bucks winning the division, and the problem is I don't think that they can steal a wild-card spot because you've got Two teams in the NFC North that are going to be fighting for it, and you've got three teams in the NFC West that are for sure going to be fighting for it with a chance at a fourth. So, not an overreaction. I do not have the Saints making the playoffs. Um, I think that is a very normal thing to think, as well as having no Michael Thomas for now still four weeks. Um, that's going to be a very rough task for them. Now, an overreaction for the Bills. Josh Allen is a top five QB at the moment. Now, again, this one, not an overreaction. Josh Allen is playing absolutely phenomenal this year. He is three. He's brought the Bills to three and zero. They had a twenty-eight to three lead yesterday on the Rams, and everyone said the dreaded twenty-eight to three lead. They did blow said lead. Only to turn around, Josh Allen drives him right back down the field. They do score as the time expires. Josh Allen has learned the touch pass. Mr. I can throw it a country mile 
I've got all types of power, has now learned how to throw the little touch pass. He's throwing the little drop passes right over the top of D linemen into a little, whether it be a screen route, a little bubble route, or that little wheel route that they like to run. He has now finally learned some touch, and that is what is creating this absolutely phenomenal Bills offense. They are 3-0. Josh Allen has a 71% completion percentage, has already thrown for 1,000 yards and 10 touchdowns with only one interception. So it's not a overreaction to say that uh, Josh Allen is not a top five QB as of this year. Um, you know, you can go back to based off last year's. Yeah, he, you know, both years he was in the, you know, the mid, the mid 50% completion percentage and really only, he only threw for 10 touchdowns at, at first year and 12 interceptions. So, you know, it was definitely rough rookie year for him, but now he has transitioned. Like I said, he's learned to throw that little touch pass. He has figured out really how to play quarterback. He's now throwing and and reading before he has to throw. He isn't taking that five-step drop, reading the complete field. He has simplified it. Um, The coaching staff has definitely helped him out. But as of this year, and I think now going forward, he's going to be a top five quarterback at all times. He's big. He's fast. He's extra athletic. And now, He's always had a strong arm, has had the strongest arm in the league, and now he's finally learned touch um, with being able to throw that ball as far as anyone else. So Josh Allen, not an overreaction to being a top five quarterback in the NFL this season, and I now think going forward. Now, Mitch is done in Chicago. This is it. He's done. Not going back. Also, not an overreaction. You've got a situation in Chicago where the only reason that Mitch would step back onto that field is if Foles gets hurt. Um, Based off of the game yesterday, Mitch wasn't playing terrible. He wasn't playing terrible, but it wasn't good enough. There was a few moments where, you know what, they could have had a short field, they could have had the advantage, but the biggest issue between what Mitch was doing yesterday is... It was purely the drives were stalling. He was moving the ball. They were kind of moving down the field. They would get a couple first downs, and the drive would stall. They'd get the ball back. They'd move it. they move it. they move it, and the drive would stall. This is not a great way for the Bears um, to play, especially yesterday. They, they did have some penalty trouble. I do still feel that the refs did kind of make some blown calls, but it was a situation where the Bears had a 14-point swing um, that they didn't have a chance to capitalize on based off of two roughing the passer penalties um, that would have given them a very short field. Um, They ended up getting called that did turn into a first down for the Falcons, and they scored on both of those drives after the penalty, which one of which was a fumble recovery. The other was a um, stopped third down. So the Bears would have gotten the ball back in both those situations. That was two of the Atlanta scoring drives. It's kind of a situation where could Mitch really go down and score and, and score a touchdown? Maybe it was a six-point swing, but even then it takes 14 points off the board for the Falcons. But either way, he just had the drive stall too many times, and the Falcons don't exactly have a phenomenal defense. So the fact that he was just causing this stalled drive isn't what looks good, and especially the last two weeks, the only time that he's looked good has been in... Um, a quarter in each game and yesterday he didn't really even have that great quarter uh, he kind of played well in the first but again had multiple stalled drives um, so it was time to give the the reins to Nick Foles 
he looked good. Um, he should have had four touchdowns and no interceptions. There was an overturned touchdown call that was then turned into an interception. It was a double possession by both the receiver and the cornerback. And in the end zone, um, Ty goes the receiver, especially as soon as you hit the ground. That is it. That is possession. There's no football move. There's no anything. Um, so they hit the ground. It was a tie possession. And then after that, the cornerback then ripped the ball out of his hands. Um, they overturned it and called it a interception again. Um, so I think that's a situation where Foles should have had four um Four touchdowns and no interceptions, but again, they did come back and win. They were down um, 26 to 10, and Foles did um, bring them back, like I said, with the three touchdown passes. That one interception, um, and the last one was a touchdown with 150 to go on the clock. So definitely, Foles is now the guy you, you know, Nagy said, oh, we're going to have a conversation about it. But the biggest problem is, is if Nagy does go back to Mitch, he he is then um, he's then putting his job on the line. And by switching to Foles, Nagy is going to continue and stay the coach. But if he goes back to Mitch, he's now going to put himself um, on the hot seat for um, a new coaching position. And we've got the Texans at 0-3 again. And they are definitely bailing water, and this is it for them. The Texans are really going to struggle the rest of the year. Overreaction. They've got, they're 0-3, and they played the two best teams in the NFL. They started off week one against the Chiefs, who just added more firepower. And then you had the second week was against the best team in the Baltimore Ravens. So being 0-2, yesterday they were up um, two scores on the Steelers. They did play. They did play well, but the problem is they didn't play well in the fourth. Um, and Deshaun Watson is still out there playing really with nobody. I mean, Fuller, his Fuller is his number one guy to go to. He no longer has D Hop, so it's now a situation. He's playing with end tables. He's playing with with spare parts. He's playing with pieces that don't exactly fit together. Um, you know, it's a bunch of square holes and around and. Um, and trying to fit a square peg into a round hole is what he's having to do. And the thing is, is he's done it still at a very high level. Um, he's still putting up a bunch of yards. He's still moving that offense down the field with a bunch of pieces that don't work together and are still a really bad offensive line. And now yesterday, I do put that loss on the defense. Um, that is a big problem for them. I do see the defense as a big issue, but with the biggest thing being for their defense, though, they do get three breaks now this week, next week, and the following. So I do see them rattling off three straight wins, bringing it back to three and three. The best thing for them versus with the Chiefs, uh, with the Saints, I mean. So the Saints, they're one and two, and I don't have them making the playoffs just because of the division that they play in. You've got the Buccaneers, the Falcons can beat them, as well as the Panthers can beat them. So that's just a tough division to play in. Versus the Texans play in the AFC South. The Colts, they're they're decent. They're not great. Um, Phillip Rivers is super streaky. I don't really put a lot of faith in Phillip Rivers. As well as you've got the Titans, who yesterday they should have lost to the Vikings. They did come back to win that one. And you've got the Jags, who we have no clue which Jags team is going to show up. We don't know if it's going to be the Jags team that we saw on Thursday night that played against the Dolphins, or it's going to be the, the team that played against the Colts week one and puts up a bunch of points and scores kind of at will. So I think the Texans still have a chance um, in their own division. The AFC is definitely up for grabs. I still have the have the Texans going nine and seven. Nine and seven is good enough to make it to the playoffs in the AFC, especially with that seventh spot now open. 
I'm going to give in that seventh spot to the Texans. I think the Titans do win the division. I think they do win the tiebreak, but I see the Texans still getting to nine and seven, and they do have a chance to make the playoffs. So now the next overreaction and the one that people are still going to say is Cam is better than Brady in New England. This isn't an overreaction, but it it's both an overreaction, not an overreaction. So where it is an overreaction is just pure wins and losses. Cam, with the pieces that are here, has no way of, of having the same type of level of dominance that Tom Brady had. But where it's not an overreaction is Cam is better for the pieces that are in New England. It's young talent. It's guys that don't fully know the system that Brady never trusted. So Brady was the guy that he completely he completely avoided Nikhil Harry last year. Cam now this year is able to go to him. He he's he you know he's putting his faith in him because it's not really exactly oh it, it's it's completely a system thing. It has to be this. It has to be that. Cam. He's just thrown to the open guy. It has nothing to do with whether he knows the system or not. He's making it work, and it's better for the young pieces here. They're able to have. I, I think it's a little bit more fun for them as well. Um, you know, these young guys that just come into league. Sometimes you get Tom Brady, who's who's a grinder. He's 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 pushing you to be better. He's he's doing and getting as much out of you right then and there as as much as possible. Sometimes that's a hard adjustment coming directly from college. So being a rookie um, or a first I guess now technically second year in the league guy um, and quote unquote veteran, you know, coming over and, you know, let's say you get traded to the Patriots or you end up with the Patriots, they pick you up. It's kind of hard to end up when you go from college and you have the chance, you know, you're you're going to class and, um, you know, you're only on a limited practice schedule. But then you now have the chance and ability in the NFL. All of that goes out the window. So you're practicing all the time. And so I definitely think for the young guys here in New England, it's better than it was with Brady. And that's really kind of the only way it has to be. I think at the end of the day, the, the Patriots still dominate more with Brady than they would with Cam. It's just different different pieces, different have used. But I, at the same time, I don't think Brady would do as well in this system with these pieces. Cam is better for these pieces. They kind of fit together a little bit more. Like I said, with um, Deshaun, Deshaun is was playing with a square peg and uh, a, a square peg in a round hole. That's kind of what you're doing here in in New England, but it's a little bit more rounded for Cam versus it would purely be a square and around and around hole for for Brady. They did not work together. We saw how bad that offense played last year. So. With that, that is overreaction Monday. That is what's going on. So as always, though, podcasts are back now. I I always alluded to it. I said, oh, you know, podcasts are definitely going to be coming back. And now they are fully back based purely on there is too much to talk about that I can't just do it in two shows anymore. So we're upgrading from two shows to four shows. We got your overreaction Monday. That is going to be every Monday morning. Going to be able to hit it. Going to make sure to keep you guys on track to not get too overhyped, to not get too um, overly aggressive on on a certain situation, as well as 
Still got the Wednesday evening show. Now adding in a Friday show that is going to be a quick recap to Thursday night football as well as college football picks. College is back. That is being added in on Friday. And then Saturday, still going to have the live show of full rundown every pick through all games on Sunday. And based off tonight's game, I've got the Ravens. So overreaction Monday is also pick for tonight's game. I've got the Ravens tonight. It's going to be a phenomenal game. I'm saying the best game all year. This is a preview of the AFC Championship game. That's easy, easy as that. I do have the Ravens winning. They are more focused than the Chiefs are. They are more determined than the Chiefs are. This is going to be a willed and attitude type game. Back and forth, I do have the Ravens outlasting them because I do see them getting up by about 10 burning a lot of clock. The Chiefs do score late to pull it back close, but I do have the Ravens winning this one. But with that, I will see you all on Wednesday as Wednesday night, it is going to be right back to the normalcy of a live show over on Instagram as well on YouTube. But to do that, you got to be following on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, as well as liked and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcast, and YouTube. So with that, I will see you guys on Wednesday. But as always, you got to pop in your headphones, lace up your shoes, but then you got to switch up because this is Switch Up Sports. I'll see you guys on Wednesday. Take it easy. on a winning streak. Yeah. Just balling with my family. Because we balling. Yeah, we balling.